We're recording. <laughs> no, I know. I just wanted to stare longingly in your eyes. Yeah, I get that a lot. Usually we don't face each other when we do this, so a little, <laughs> a little thrown off. Oh, that's what he looks like. Mm. Hey, welcome back, Underground. This is an introduction to Gospel Conversations. So we have just finished up a short series on the whole gospel, having an understanding of the whole story the whole expression and the whole life of uh, of uh, that holistic idea of the gospel. What does it mean? How does it move from saved souls to saved holes? How do we have a bigger understanding? Uh, you like that? I've never heard that. Yeah, it's, man. It's very Christianese, but still I liked it. Yeah. So it moves. Um, well, that's weird. Everybody's going to be like, you've never heard that? We just finished three weeks. You don't listen to your own podcast, we, Corey? We said soul to whole. <laughs> That's a term that Rob put in his first book of missional moves, ah. saved souls to saved holes. It's been like a decade since I read that. Yeah, yeah. You've probably, yeah. <laughs> You've probably heard it before. I probably have. <laughs> it's moving from what happens after you die to how does the kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. And so we did a three-week series on that. What does it mean? How, why does the underground or how does the underground understand a holistic view of the gospel? And for the next two weeks after this, you're going to hear from a friend of ours. His name is Seth Bouchel. Um, Corey's done a lot of his trainings on how do we have gospel conversations. So very practical training on letting the gospel infuse our speech in the everyday stuff of life. Mm-hmm. And so what we want to do this week is just an introduction to that idea before you hear from Seth for two weeks, kind of frame some of this up and get our take on these ideas of the gospel, gospel conversations, what does it mean in light of movement. Uh, So we're just going to explore some ideas today and it should be fun. All right, so I have a question for you. And for for Timmy, who's sitting behind us. You got to yell from the background. So when uh when I say the word evangelism, and you guys are like paid missionary Christians, so I'm I'm interested even from your perspective, uh, but like even pretend pretend like you're just some, you know, normal quote unquote Christian. Just kidding. That you are, by the way. I, I mean that in the nice way possible. Yeah, just I feel like we're normal. You I mean abnormal. Uh, yeah yeah. I'm glad you didn't have a microphone <laughs> for that. When I say the word evangelism, what feelings in your soul and in, in your mind like arise? Mm. Are, that, that's is that yeah, I had that, to that's just, you verbalizing I, your yeah, feelings? Yeah, I had to just yeah. groan a little bit. Okay. <laughs> All right, Timmy's back there. Just give me one word and I'll repeat it into the microphone. So his word was his, his, he groaned. He groaned. As you guys, well. I I was I was hoping for at least one like intelligible word. <laughs> you know, like just like one word that's an actual word. But okay, so take that groan and verbalize. What is what does that mean? Yeah, I know that. Um, you know, dead giveaway here. We interviewed Seth before we what? did this podcast. Uh, so we talk about this a little bit. He yeah. mentions like the the emotions around it. I just think it's misunderstood because we've attached words to it and it's been framed up in light for me, like in light of Southern Baptist culture in the Southeast. So evangelism is like, right. 
Oh, I'm, man, that word just has so much baggage with it. Like mm. if I had to sum up that groan with one word, it's like baggage. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's like when you hear a word and um, that the, word means something to me, but it might be like a totally different concept in scripture or like we're, we've got just this tiny little sliver of this really big pie um, which is what we talked about with the gospel the last two weeks yeah. or three weeks where it's like it's not incorrect, it's just incomplete. Yeah, absolutely. And so I would argue that's the same thing with evangelism. And I mean, when we say evangelism in our culture, and if you've grown up in the church, you have some specific like mental pictures. And I've done this exercise with people tons of times over the years. I'll just be like, what comes to mind? And I'll like write, write whatever they say down and they'll say anything from like televangelists that's a big one. Mm. Um, to to uh, knocking on doors. Yep, that was mine. Street preacher. Street, yeah, the street preacher. Sandwich board. Sandwich board. Yeah, yeah. All these things. And Turn or burn. Yeah, I mean that comes up. There was a when I went to school at uh, at K State. There was this guy, and and I don't remember his name, but they were like everyone knew. Like every year, you would see this guy, and he was one of the. I don't want to actually ever converse with you. I just want to yell at you type of guys. There's others that are on the corner that will converse, you know? So it like, there's, there's, there's just these, these specific mental pictures that come to mind when we say the word evangelism. And I think when we're, we're talking about this evangelism is according to Jesus, right? The, um, actually I'll back up. Evangelism is just the proclamation of the good news. Yeah. Good newsing. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Verb. It's the verb of good news. Right. Yeah. And, and so with that, the proclamation of the good news, even the speaking of the good news is not simply or only a explanation of how I'm a sinner separated from God. And the only way that I can, you know, have eternal life is by, accepting Jesus into my heart, right? Like that is generally what we think of. We're moving someone from unbelief to belief in a single conversation. When I, what I hope we'll see the next couple of weeks with our conversations with Seth is that evangelism is, is much larger than that. It's a, it's, it's pointing people to the good news in a variety of ways. Let me ask you a question around this. I'm not, I'm not sure where you're taking us next, but one of the things that I don't feel like I brought up with Rob and I'm not sure we fully brought up with Seth is I, I hear this a lot that, uh, uh, you know, evangelism and discipleship are two sides of the same coin. Yeah, yeah. And when I hear that, I, something about that idea doesn't actually hit with me. Mm. Um, like I grew up with the framework that there's evangelism and then there's disciple making. Right. And then someone helped me understand that there is disciple making that happens like we're all being discipled because that's about learning. So mm-hmm. it's like, what are you being discipled to? So there's this, you know, people put this clever pre-conversion discipleship, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and, but then there's like, so evangelism is another thing mm-hmm. that is connected to disciple. Anyway, two sides of the same coin. That's yeah. what I hear a lot. Yeah. And I actually think that evangelism, if we if we put it in that that idea of good newsing, is actually just a part of disciple making. It's not another side of the same coin. It's actually part of the bigger, con- like yeah. disciple making is the big idea and good yeah. newsing people is a part of that or good newsing myself is yeah. like a part of my disciple making, which is moving from unbelief to belief in Jesus mm-hmm. is giving me good news that helps me understand that move from unbelief to belief. 
It's just a type of conversation within disciple making, not another side of some weird coin. Totally. <laughs> I think we're getting lost in the analogy of the coin <laughs> yeah. because I feel like the, the coin is like the, the very thing that we're saying. It's two sides of the same coin is saying what you're saying is that it's, oh, okay. it's, it's the same conversation that we have so long separated those into different uh, piles of coins <laughs> and one is evangelism. You know, that's everything you do pre conversion and then discipleship is everything you do post conversion. And that's just a, that's just a mental construct that we have in, in Western church that I think is really false. Like it, it can be, it can look like that often for people uh, when you have the paradigm of, of evangelism, like we have, right. It's like that, what the mental picture that I have of evangelism is the really gifted guy on the stage who has a altar call type of thing and you raise your hand mm-hmm. and I don't want to go to hell. Uh, I mean, that sounds like a pretty critical response from my end, but like I've been to 20 of those. Mm. And so that's the mental picture that I have. Okay. So yeah, that, that was evangelism. And now what happens? Well, now we got to get these guys discipled. Well, that's true, right? Like they need to now to to learn how to walk in the rhythms and ways of Jesus. They need to hear and obey and follow Jesus. That's discipleship. We're just arguing that is usually not that clean cut and simple. Like when I'm hanging out with friends or neighbors or whatever context I'm in, like often we are evangelism is a is a much larger part of you know the discipleship process where we're just doing the same thing. We want people to hear and respond to Jesus. So in a conversation, how do I like, I don't know, naturally is the right word, but just in everyday speech and everyday life, begin to point people to Jesus and how we can respond to, to his words. So do you have a story recently of how you are good newsing someone uh, and how that was just a part of your everyday speech um, and while you're pondering that. Uh, I'll give you one from this morning. Uh, I was, I have this quick story. The backstory is I told this to our crew of missionary people and our uh, social media group. Mm. Um, I'm teaching my kids how to start doing this listening prayer Mm. and it's challenging (laughs) (laughs) to sit still for that long when you're that age. Uh, But I want to start early and slowly build in their time, helping them understand to hear the voice of God, respond in obedience. Mm -hmm. And after we did just two minutes, because I was like, let's, you know, low expectations on the front end. Like, I don't want you to sit here for 10 minutes, you know, let's build up, let's build up. After we'd sat there for two minutes, I asked, uh, what did you hear? And Cash said, you know, that Jesus Jesus told me uh, that I am, he said, I'm the kindest person, the kindest boy he's ever met. <laughs> and I, I so bad wanted to like make some joke of like, no, he couldn't have said that because I know you better than that. <laughs> um, but I didn't uh, because I really believe it's it's like Jesus is going to speak to him and he's going to translate that in his own way. Mm. Um, ultimately I'll, I'll help him discern how to understand what Jesus is saying, or maybe I won't, maybe Jesus will do that on his own because he doesn't need my help in that way. But anyway, what I was trying to tell him that night, like just affirming him was like, buddy, that's so beautiful. I, if I was telling my mom about this last night, I was like, man, if you could have been in the room when he said it, like I could feel Mm. 
this sense of like Jesus was talking to him. Yeah. Like that was real. That wasn't because he told me, he said, I don't know if I just made that up in my head or if Jesus was speaking. I was like, bro, mm. I, I'm pretty sure Jesus was speaking to you. Yeah. That was awesome. Help, let me help frame it up a little bit. You know, what he's saying to you is he's proud of you and he mm. loves you. So this morning That's I awesome. blew it and was just unleashed a litany of things on him though because he was having a terrible attitude towards us and we're walking to school I can tell it's affected him and I'm thinking okay I need to speak some good news into him I need my own good news I need Jesus to tell me I didn't ruin his life he'll be Mm -hmm. okay we'll figure this out together we'll frame (laughs) this out so I'm speaking good news Jesus you're not disappointed let's repent of these actions now I need to speak good news to him and so we stopped I was giving him a hug, and I said, buddy, do you remember what Jesus told you the other night? He nodded. I said, let's live into that today. Let's just live into that, that you're kind and you're loved, and Jesus loves you, and I love you, and let's live into what Jesus mm-hmm. wants for us today. Yeah. And it was like, I think I think I'm getting it. You might disagree with me yeah. in light of this. No. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I totally disagree with everything you just said. It was like Except a moment. Cash though. is totally the nicest boy. In the world. <laughs> it was just like I think this is how I just speak good news into somebody's life. Yeah, especially when I was the one that brought bad news. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I think that's a. I think that's a good example. Um, and that I mean, it's a good example of the the broader idea of speaking good news to someone. Amen. Uh, and and even within a family, your family context, I love that. The first thing that popped in my mind when you asked me that question, because I have a real hard time of remembering stories that are that happened further than a week ago. Uh, so uh, one of the places that I'm hanging out with people is I play basketball. And so there's a buddy of mine and there was a uh, there was a conflict that happened uh, <laughs> Wednesday uh, when we were playing basketball. And, you know, one of our guys, and he's a believer, just got pretty frustrated and, and left. And uh, he was pretty frustrated, this other guy. And this other guy w- is someone who I've, um, we've built a friendship. We've had, we've had a lot of good casual conversations. And in the past, uh, when things kind of got serious around, I think we were talking around like politics and COVID, I was able to speak some, some Jesus into it, basically of like, I feel like God is calling me to do something, uh, live a little bit differently. And, uh, and so that caught his attention and we ended up having kind of a cool conversation later. Right. So this was a handful of weeks later and, uh, they get that we have this little conflict and this guy comes up to me afterwards and he goes, and he basically says, uh, he's like, Corey, all right. In light of all these things, I'm trying to become a better person. (laughs) Should I? And basically was asking what he should do to fix this conflict. And so, uh, I basically just started to say, I don't know, man, what do you think? Which was most of my Ideas. Yeah, 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 and and got to really kind of get to the underlying why is it that you want to yeah yeah you know be different and so we got into a little a spiritual conversation and the reason why I want to bring that up one because it happened in the last week and I couldn't remember it uh but but two it was kind of the simplicity of I didn't at that point feel like I had to paint the entire picture of the gospel mm-hmm. I feel like what what would it look like for the the kingdom of God to break through in this moment. Um, and for someone who's clearly on a, on a journey right now of wanting to, you know, by the way, I've, I've invited this person and some of his friends into a discovery Bible study environment. Um, and he's pondering that right now. Um, so like, I think that is a picture of what, like, what would the kingdom 
what is good news in the kingdom of God? If, it would, if the kingdom would invade this situation, how can I speak to that? Mm-hmm. How can I speak to it in his identity and my identity? How can, what questions can I ask to, to formulate that? And the, if we're going to highlight kind of even a scriptural example of this, and this comes up in a lot of our trainings, is just like... Oh, we should. Oh, that's, yeah, that's a good call. <laughs> is John 4, the woman at the well. And I just I love this as a picture of uh, the way in which Jesus sometimes engaged people. And we see this kind of move from a kind of initial, just casual question. Do you remember the question that Jesus asked her at the beginning? Oh, putting you on the spot on a podcast. He basically says, can you get me some water? Yeah. <laughs> right. And so it's like even... I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot to that, right? Of why he asked that, and, and the way in which he did it, and how appropriate it was for him to talk to this. Well, you know, it's all this cool stuff. But the very simple fact that it was a, a casual conversation and an everyday thing, and it quickly moved to topics like she's been married multiple times. Um, that you know, like living water, right? And so there's just this this framing of this conversation where I like to look at it in four kind of general sections. We have casual conversations we have meaningful conversations we have spiritual conversations and then what we like to add as far as the discovery pieces then we have um, discovery type of conversations like invitation to discover more about the thing that you're talking about so if you think of and i'm not saying it always has to move like really cleanly from casual to meaningful to spiritual but i think there is a level of trust that happens in an american context that in your neighborhood of like having casual, friendly conversations that in time with, with intentionality can easily move to meaningful conversations, mm-hmm. which right now, as we're still struggling with all the, the, all that 2020 has brought to us, that having meaningful conversations are not really all that hard. Mm-mm. Like one, I mean, barely even an intentional question <laughs> can get to meaningful and meaningful, man, is like one tiny little like step away from spiritual because, I mean, that's just the nature of it. You're talking about real things and you can speak to your identity in Jesus about whatever real things come up. You're into a spiritual conversation. So now all of a sudden you are talking about the good news of Jesus within very real, close to the heart realities for people. Yeah. You don't have to preach at them. No. Nope. Good question here or there a comment about um, why you view things the way that you do. Um, Something that in scripture really hits you about said topic that you're talking about, right? We don't have to over like complicate these things. Let's just talk about our identity in Jesus and the topics that come up, but be intentional because dude, we can say all this and it sounds really easy, but if you're never intentional, you're never going to move past casual conversations. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the intentionality of always to be thinking, how can I bring good news to people? How can I good news you right now? A third story that just popped into my mind while you were telling me that one was a text message chain I was on the other day with somebody and just having one of those rough days and, you know, we all got to speak into him (laughs) and just say, like, you're loved, you know, Mm -hmm. Jesus is proud of you, Um, here's some good news for your day and rest in this good news let it let it breathe life into you let it bring you back and then you know it's like it's a text message so you can't hear the tone but it felt like there was a moment of like 
Yeah. Deep breath out. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Uh, Just a reminder. And what I love about all three of these stories is like one of them is with an eight year old. You know, one of them is a 35, 36-year-old. One of them, I don't know how old your other friend is, mm-hmm. but, like, they're all different spaces, too. One of them is, yep. like, contextualized to, hey, bro, your father was a jerk to you this morning, but you need to know your day can be better because Papa was wrong, mm-hmm. um, and you you are loved, so don't, you know, I'm sorry, feel loved. Remember, Jesus loves you more. Live into that identity today. That's good news. Yeah. Like, your day can be better, and my day can be too. Mm. <laughs> Let's love each other. Um, you know, your buddy inviting him deeper into exploring, like, there is ultimately a bigger news story to live into um, that you can be in that. And then, you know, this other story is, like, this continual life in Jesus that is always informing where we are. It's like good newsing should be what seasons all of our conversations, mm-hmm. the intentionality pieces, how can I bring good news to every conversation I'm in and stop just thinking about it in light of, I got to get you to cross some sort of yeah. line that I don't really even know where it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so that every conversation is like, it's not about crossing some line. It's just about falling more in love with Jesus. Mm. Yeah. So one thing that I think can also be helpful, and we've used this in lots of trainings, is just think of a stoplight in a red, yellow, green, as far as the receptivity level of people that you're having conversations with, right? Like there are people, when we talk about those who lean in and they're hungry and you're having a meaningful conversation and you make a comment or a statement or a question that kind of turns it more spiritual, with people, when people lean in, Dude, lean in harder, yeah, right? Like right, yeah. that. So that's green light. Yeah, green then light. Yellow light is kind of a okay. You know, people aren't leaning in. They're not necessarily leaning back. Yeah, right. Caution's out. Right, but there's, <laughs> but there's, it's still within the normal bounds of normal conversation to continue maybe talking spiritual. When the hair goes up on the back of the neck of the person you're talking to, yeah. or there's anger response or whatever, uh, red light. Yeah. You know, don't push it, man. Like you don't have to freaking run the red light. Like just be a friend, back up and then start, allow the conversation to go where it needs to go. You don't have to convince everyone, every conversation Mm -hmm. to move into full belief in Jesus. Like just speak good news in it. So when, as the next two weeks or the next two podcasts come out, Seth spends a lot of time kind of in that world. Right, like if you can have a normal conversation, you, you can, can have, have a spiritual, spiritual conversation. conversation. And that there's really simple maxims that he's come up with over the years that are really just reverse engineered from from everyday experience. Yeah. Like this is not a hey, here's all the best ways to, to convince people to follow Jesus. It's like right. this is what we as a bunch of missionaries have recognized in an American context, and so we train towards that. And I just I just think it's the best I've ever been around. The way that Seth has trained and talks about evangelism and gospel conversations, it's my favorite. I've modeled it. I've reproduced his training lots of times. And so Seth is going to um, be in the next two podcasts that are going to be really, um, I think they're really significant. And I I've done, so. and this is the last thing I'll say with this, I've done a bunch of huddles and trainings over the years and multiple times, uh, he has like a 20 minute podcast where he talks about some of these things. And uh, multiple times when I asked at the end of the, the huddle, hey, what was the most helpful thing for this entire and we talk about all the things that we talk about on this podcast discovery bible studies living on mission prayer uh people almost like half the time people have said that podcast that seth did so yeah yeah. apparently it's better than anything i do which is cool (laughs) 
I like that. I was about to speak until you said that last <laughs> part. That's cool. Um, yeah, so I think, again, today is just about a setup for those two. But also, you know, walk away with these trainings. Think through the, the two things that you said that stood out to me were uh, the, the way that you framed up the different types of conversation. So a casual conversation that leads to a meaningful conversation that leads to a spiritual conversation. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. And then and then the fourth one, I'd say an invitation to discover more. Okay, so an invitation. A, spiritual yeah. is a really natural environment to invite to discover more. Yeah, and so, again, people are not projects. Yeah. We're not giving you this pathway so you can go, okay, I've had two casual conversations. <laughs> I need to make sure that the next one is meaningful. Right. Oh, I feel like we just moved spiritual. I miss meaningful. <laughs> Back up. Don't don't do that. Right. It's just a way to pay attention to, hey, what kind of conversations am I having with this friend? I'm praying for him by name. Remember, missionary pathway. Be intentional. Begin with prayer. But as you have conversations with people, it is a way to say, like, man, I think I'm going to try to ask a more intentional question next time to move this casual friendship into something that's more meaningful. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be intentional if you want to see any sort of movement happen. Um, and then green, yellow, red, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's interesting. It's important to train on social awareness, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but it is a skill. Like you need to pay attention to like that. That didn't go well. You know, and and then maybe figure out how you can have a a better conversation the next time you're together of maybe why that was a red light last time. Just Mm -hmm. so you can be aware of why not to go down that road. That's just called being a good friend. Yeah. You know, paying attention to the the kind of friends we are. Let's just be good news with our lives (laughs) before we start speaking it in that Mm way. Uh, So those are two good trainings on the front end. And like we said, Seth is an amazing trainer in how to have spiritual conversations, which are just conversations. Uh, So we think you're going to really enjoy these next two weeks. Hope you'll come in with open heart, open posture towards that training and and pick up some good things. So be blessed, underground. Go, Go good news, somebody. Thanks for listening to the Underground Podcast. We hope that it's either been an encouragement to you or that it's created a curiosity about what it means to live into a missionary mindset with an aim to make disciples and see the church emerge. If you're a missionary or a microchurch in Kansas City and you're looking for coaching or just belonging within a network, we'd love to connect with you so we can learn about what you are doing and how you are joining Jesus for gospel saturation in this city. If you're outside the Kansas City area and have questions about what it would mean to catalyze a disciple-making movement that leads to the emergence of microchurches in every network within your city, we'd love to connect with you as well and offer whatever resources might be helpful to you. You can find out more at kcunderground.com. Grace and peace, friends.